0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Brendan Escott back at the 630 Chet Studios. It's 1233 at Edmonton. A quick text on the Ashley Five Flores text line from Cold Laker now in the job. Bob, the next time the Ken Holland haters rear that ugly head, remind them of this. In the combined bottom six of the two teams last night, there are a dozen players. Many of them were high in variety, and I bet half would never play in Canada. Oh, and at least one goalie. That sucks when trying to fill out a championship team. Um, Well, you're going to have to be creative. I do think it's tougher to win in Canada. And I do think there's some advantages in other markets, but I also think there's things that can be learned and gleaned from organizations like Tampa Bay and Colorado. And uh, I'll also say this, I know some people specifically in the Colorado organization that basically feel Edmonton's about a year behind them. So on that note, let's head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and welcome back our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year, That's Say so you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Uh, do you agree or disagree with that sentiment? Are are the lightning and Colorado doing some things that others can learn from? What do you think, John? Uh,
1: well, if if you're if you're saying that you uh, you need to be at the uh, at the low end of the the pole, at the thirtieth or thirty first for a couple of years. Um, in order to get good high draft picks and be in the lottery for two or three years, then, yeah, uh, you, you know, one of the things that in in many ways, Bob, that has is never talked about in Denver is the deep pockets of Stan Kroenke. Um, and the patience that he showed because Joe Sackick had patience. Now this was a team that was not selling out. You remember going there in those days, they, they oh, yeah. weren't a full house in, in in that place. They weren't making money. Uh, they were living on the laurels for so many years of the team that Sackick and Forsberg and Patrick Waugh played on, and then that Patrick Waugh and Sackick brought back to r- relative success for a brief period of time. And, and, you know, this was, you know, the. I'm I'm not as sold as that the I'm not as sold that the Colorado Avalanche, and Tampa for that right have reinvented the way teams work. Um, you know what they did was they have the subjective nature of guys like Al Murray in Tampa, Chris McFarland, and Craig uh, Billington in in, um, in Colorado that are good smart hockey people. It's not science. It's good, uh, smart hockey people that make the difference.
0: All right. So so we're going to give everybody an opportunity for a little uh, edumacation. Okay, we're going to have a little fun here. I'm going to read you a stat and see how long it takes people to figure out who I'm talking about. 16 goals, 37 assists, 53 points in 82 games, minus 14. Those were the numbers of Nate McKinnon, four years into the NHL in the 16-17 season. Mm -hmm. They had a terrible year. They went 22-56-4 that year.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that was. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was the year that Patrick got yes. mad that he didn't have any say on on player acquisitions and walked out the front door
0: and bailed. And so Chris brought in Jared Benner, who he had with them in Columbus's organization, brought him in right. and said, "This is our coach. We right. can grow this." Now, I, I will. And again, you know the story. We saw him in March last year, and he said, "Stop. We're going all speed. We're going all in on speed and skill. That's what we're going to do." Now that. Horrible year resulted in them getting Kale McCarr fourth overall. Right. Well, that, and
1: that's my point. That's my point, Bob. Yeah. Is that you know you can you can talk about how to build a team, um, and I don't have to tell people in Edmonton how patient you have to be. Right. When you look at you know after 06, what went through and what happened for how many years. Uh, you know and when you and you have the first overall pick twice in that period of time before you win the lottery and get a third first overall pick you know this it, it, it the, the the subjective nature of this sport still forget about analytics you know and I and I, I'm not saying that in a disparaging way the subjective nature of this sport still counts Um But you also need deep pockets in order to do it. Stan Kroenke was never afraid to spend money and lose money on this journey.
0: Well, Greg Sherman was their general manager, a former baseball player at one time. Uh, He preceded Joe Sackick in that role. I remember him coming because at that time, Johnny Martineau made Greg available all the time for our show. So he was every time we played Colorado we had Greg on and one of the beauties John I mean you know you, you know a lot of the executives around the league for the various different work one thing that helped me personally was getting the opportunity to travel with the others for the last 14 years and going into these different markets sure. and meeting a guy face to face and as you know I'm not a shrinking violet and so I had lots of conversations with Greg you I remember
1: it's not shy Bob
0: Stauffer? Uh, n- not when it comes to NHL executives no okay All right. uh so anyhow I I remember he you know we were in the throes of real tough times in Edmonton. It was the back half of the 11-12 season. Oh, I remember. And so, and I remember he's like, "Your building's full. You guys are in a full-blown rebuild." And you, and I'm like, "Yeah," because we got amazing fans, and That's we're great. damn lucky. And and even you know, we have we have Brian Lawton, John, on this show. Every Wednesday, he's the one that drafted Stamkos and Edmund. That's how so far. And uh, and I guess where Tampa Bay has moved the needle a bit for me is their assessment on the valuation of late first-round picks versus buying two years of a cheap player. Uh, you yeah, you know they it, did it, it with.
1: But, Col- but, you know, and and you know what was it Vasilevsky, 17th, 17th or 18th? Yeah, and teams missed on him. Yeah, sure, there are lots of teams that missed on Andre Vasilevsky. I still remember. Uh, in the 2015 Stanley Cup Final. I think he was uh,
0: 19th, to be honest. Maybe I'll check okay. here.
1: Okay. Uh, anyway, I still remember the he, Stanley. He Cup was not,
0: Yeah. Sorry, John. Go ahead. Uh,
1: remember him in the Stanley Cup Final when Ben Bishop went down, uh, and this 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 guy that had legs like Bambi and was up and down and was Andre Vasilevsky, and by the end of the by the end of that series, the year series they lost to Chicago. People were saying, "Well, Bishop won't be there very long, and Vasilevsky's the future." You know, that was the whole plan all the time, and that takes—you know—that takes the brilliance of a of an Al Murray, yeah. who doesn't get enough credit in Tampa for what they've done. Um, you know, and he's 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 a holdover from Iserman's time to Julian Bresuaz's time. Right. So, so those continuity is important, patience is important. But both organizations, you know, dare I remind you that Barry Melrose was coaching there for 21 games? Sure. You know, in Stamkos' rookie year? You know, they, they, these these teams finally, you know, righted the ship. And it was and coincidentally, not ironically, but coincidentally, it was two great former players in Iserman and Sackick that did it. In, in trying to to make these teams championship teams. And that's exactly what they've done.
0: Kucherov in the second round, Platt in the seventh, and Point, who was hurt. It needs to be stated. Uh, Colorado played two teams where significant players uh, point a third-round pick in 2014, yeah. and the Oilers obviously nursed no, their best. of, But Colorado was deeper and better. It's the bottom line. But, but
1: that, but that, but, and that's part of the journey. You know, that's part of what makes the Stanley Cup, the 60-day journeys, so uh, awesome. Is that it's not just, well, we're going to play our best against your best and we'll see who wins. No, this is the ultimate team sport. This is what makes it so great. And it, and it is guys that contribute differently at different times in so many ways. last listen, last year, one of the storylines of uh, Tampa's second cup was Ross Calden, right? <laughs> Ross didn't have near the series this year that he did last. But let's face it let's face it. the last I mean the last three games, uh, Tampa was on fumes. You could see Tampa being on fumes. when we, when we hear and see the list of players, uh, probably on both teams now that played injured. And how many guys played close to 50% as opposed to 80 or 100? I think we'll all be amazed because it was entertaining, and and both teams deserve a lot of credit for, for keeping us glued to the television for, for two weeks.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, well, it's going to be intriguing here. Uh, the order's in meetings right now. It's an, an, an interesting time. Evander Kane uh, is being spotted in town here over the course of the last 24 hours. Uh, I... You know, well, I think a lot of Oilers fans would be absolutely stoked uh, to see him potentially stay. What are you hearing on that front?
1: Uh, not much other than uh, I, I think that, you know, there is a desire on both sides to try to make it work. I think that Kane enjoyed his time in, in Edmonton. Didn't, wasn't a really bad thing to play beside 97 most of the time. Um, uh, but the, to me, the the issue, to me, more than money, is going to be the term. Is, is, is are you prepared to take a risk of more than 2 years on a guy like Evander Kane and 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 let's face it and this is i mean Evander Kane has the right I'm not saying earned the right but has the right to go to free agency on the 13th he does and there's only one team right now that can talk to him and you know if the Oilers can make it work that Kane is satisfied on a but I expect the deal to be shorter than longer
0: all right, uh, some quick hitters here. Today is the day for the Hockey Hall of Fame.
1: Today uh, at uh, one o'clock Mountain Time is we will get the announcement of who is being inducted uh, to the Hall in November. Yes.
0: Big day for uh, Vancouver Canucks fans.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, you, you know, the, the, Daniel and Henrik Sedin are um, are obviously nominated. And I say obviously because I've heard it from multiple people they are. We really don't know who is nominated, but uh, this is the first year they're eligible and somebody would have been smart enough to nominate them. Um, the, the, the challenge becomes is is nomi- you know there are still two inductees, and you're only allowed four players. So who does that take away from if you're putting both Daniel and Henrik in? Because I don't think... Anybody in their right mind would consider splitting them and putting Henrik in this year and Daniel in next year. Um, so, from, from th- they are on the ballot individually, not as a duo. So, that, that's part of it. Mike Vernon is probably on the ballot this year. Someone who uh, has ha- did have a, a very good NHL career, uh, you know, won, won a couple of Stanley Cups, won uh, a Con Smythe. Where does he fit into that? Obviously, there's lots of talk out of Ottawa with Daniel Alfredson. The one guy I think that has deserved to be in the Hall of Fame that I think is nominated this year and should have been in ages ago, and I'm not sure why he wasn't, was Alexander Mogilny. I think Alex Alex Mogilny was one of the greatest players that changed his game in order to become a champion. Very similar to what Iserman did. Very similar to what Joe Neuendijk did. And Alex McGillney, I think, should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and I hope he gets his chance today.
0: Oh, he could certainly score. You know, John, it's interesting, because is Luongo not an option as well? As...
1: Roberto Luongo, that's right. right. Roberto yeah, so Luongo not... is, is at the top of the list as well.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering if we could see three Canucks. And just as an aside... Uh...
1: Well, if, you put, if you put Mogilney in two, that's four.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, you know, I, I did a, a little bit. I was thinking of the, with with those guys today because to me the two Sedines are slam dunks and I, I would assume Lamongo's close. Um, I was thinking about the Canucks window. And the reality, and, and to put Tampa Bay in perspective, Tampa Bay has played in six conference finals in the last eight years. Advanced yeah. to the Stanley Cup, what, four times and one, tw- yeah. one twice. It's it's been unbelievable in the cap era. They have some advantages. I don't want to take away from, you know, they, there's a little bit of a tax advantage, but you nailed it. They've done a great job scouting, and I also think Breesbaugh has lapped the field in the last three years on yeah. procuring good players. So I, I, I think Tampa Bay has done some really good things.
1: True, uh, when you look. At Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman, yeah, and now Nick Paul and Brendan Hagel, yeah, you
0: know, And, and that's what we brought up. We brought up those names before. So, John, where I'm going with this is we think of Vancouver, they had a pretty good team, but they only made it beyond the second round once the entire time with the Sedins. How about this just for you know what's in giggles? Do you know how many points Daniel Sedin had in his first 43 playoff games? Tell me 18. Wow. 80, like we sit there, and we, like there was a time in which Daniel and Henrik Sedin were they not MVPs in back-to-back years, or close to like they were amongst two of the five best players in the world. Yeah, but this go, this
1: all goes back to how to, how to win the marathon, right? Yeah. How to win what and what price to pay. I mean that team that Mark Crawford coached with the with the what West Coast Express was the line I think Bob, uh, you know, when when Todd Bertuzzi was there and, and Brennan Morrison and uh, Marcus Naslin, you know they they were the in my opinion they were the most entertaining team in hockey. They were a run and gun team before teams were really doing the run and gun, but they could they did not know how to play playoff hockey. You know that I believe that was two, the 2002 team that lost to Detroit, um, and they could have, you know, had they beaten Detroit. And remember, it was a Nick Lidstrom 160-foot shot against Dan Clute that changed the whole perspective of the series. Uh, you know, that's the type of thing you can't, you have to overcome. And the Canucks that year didn't know how, and then they went through a cycle until, uh, until 2000 and, well, 2008, 2009, all the way to 2011 when, when it was the, either the Blackhawks or the Canucks that were fighting for position. So it's learning how to win. You know, and, and this is where you look at the Oilers, Bob, and you say some of those young guys, the learning curve that they went through this year you know, the seven games against the Kings, how to fight through that, how to fight through the battle of Alberta. And then, whoop, we stubbed our toe against Colorado. We better have learned because look where it look at where it took the avalanche. And if we're smart, we can do that too at some point. But we have to be prepared to pay the price.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's going to be intriguing to watch here uh, as to how in- – and. You know, obviously. And by the way, have you heard anything at all on uh, just while we got you on the on the here, John Shannon? Anything at all, on Mike Smith or Duncan Keith at this time?
1: Uh, no, not a not a word. But I have not talked to uh, any of the powers that be since uh, middle of last week. So.
0: Okay. Well, me neither. <laughs>
1: well, they're they're just have you know you know they're they're enjoying their scouting meetings. Let's put it that way.
0: I got a text uh, from one of our regular texters from Penticton saying that he's at Skaha Lake watching beach volleyball now that the NHL season's over. He just wanted to pass that along to me. Is, that, is it called Skaha Lake? Is that the... Is... Yeah,
1: so there's two lakes in Penticton. On the north side's Okanagan Lake and the south side is Skaha Lake.
0: And... Now, was Skaha the lake where this vehicle they found submerged from the 60s? And they found it submerged and unfortunately... A, a... no. No. No, there there was so there was this case of this missing woman from the 19 19- Yeah, no, but
1: that no, that was a lake farther south.
0: That's it's a crazy story. I eh? did you just you, you ended up seeing that one, and yeah,
1: yeah, so they yeah. ended
0: up like finding her vehicle in like the early 2010s. And the, this poor yeah. fellow, people thought maybe he murdered his wife, and that and no, she drove right off the road and into yeah. the lake, and they never it was, she was submerged so far down they couldn't. Find, crazy, crazy story. John, love having you on the show, my man. Are you gonna? Hey, when we uh, and we're gonna talk again, obviously. Are you gonna end up going? I know you've been out to Penticton before for the rookie tournament. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I
1: haven't decided yet. Okay. We have to figure a few. I mean, it's September. That's. Hey, hockey season just ended, Bob. I, huh. I got I, I to, you know, I, I, this is not a 12-month a year for me anymore, you know? I don't it is for me, John. That. I know. And, I know. And, I was, I, and, Bob, I'll still be here to help you. Oh, but man, I, man, I need I it. Just, every once in a while, I like to take a few days off.
0: Uh, you can have the last week of August and the first week of, or the last week of July and the first week of August off. Okay, nudge, very, nudge, wink, wink. Very kind of you. I'm there for you, man. Thanks a lot, John. Bye. It's 1252 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer with you. Brendan Escott back at the 630 Chad Studios. Uh, we are going to tell you, the guests on the show receive your certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. I swung by there last night. It was my night to cook before the hockey game and picked up a little bit of takeout action. Uh, it was awesome. It's great seeing Chris down there. He used to work with Chris many, uh, many years ago over 30 plus years ago at a uh, Southside establishment that is no longer in, uh, they're no longer running, but they were quite popular circa 19, mm, I'm going to say January of 88 until about, uh, well I mean they were around for 30 years, but for a while popular place back on Gateway Boulevard. We're going to take a quick timeout. 1252 at Edmonton. You're listening to letters now. All right. Welcome back, everybody. 1255 at Edmonton. You can text us at 780-496-0063. The Sedins, are they Hall of Famers? You tell us. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. I'm going to say yes, but I I like the Sedins. I thought those guys were classy dudes. Uh, Whenever you... uh, they ooze you know and and I, I it's hard not to like a lot of Swedish players they're really good guys and so easy to get along with they speak English often better than we do and uh, but just the way they conducted themselves there was not a lot of ego with them and uh, they're really good players but it took them a while to become you know people forget that it didn't happen overnight and the way Vancouver was structured they had the West Coast Express they were the most team. and by the way Who's the most exciting team now? I mean, this show is called Oilers now. I can tell you who the most exciting team in the playoffs was. was Edmonton was the most exciting team in the playoffs. Part of it is the Oilers gave up too many goals against. Brendan, do you disagree, or do you think Edmonton was the most exciting team to watch in the playoffs this year? I know that uh, Pete Blackburn said he's going to miss the orders being knocked out of the playoffs because you never knew what was going to happen from shift to shift.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly right. Is that As as great as they were offensively in those Hail Mary sort of plays, they, uh, they gave up a lot the other directions, so
0: your head was snapping back and forth. What did he call it? A cocaine circus, I believe he called it. it. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't read that. that was, oh, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> a reminder, all season long, the orders now injury report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Trent Brown, uh, a former uh, CFL or two-time All-Star as a safety, moved over from the corner. That's where he played in uh, college. And uh, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown, they will take care of you. It is 1257 in Edmonton. We are going to go to the Ashley Fine Flores text line, and you can text us at any time. 780-496-0063. Um... well, I'm not going to... Okay, Clint says, uh, Bob, in regards to underwater finds, there are guys that specifically do this. They travel all over checking bodies of water for missing people and vehicles. It's called Adventures with Purpose on YouTube. Fascinating stuff. I've never seen that. Clint, thank you. That is... Uh, that's interesting. Drew says, Bob, what about Puglia for Dylan Strom, Sign Marchment, Mikheyev, and Ryan Strom? Uh, well, they're not going to be able to afford Evander Kane and Ryan Strom. I think Dylan Strom is now going to be, um, my guess. I think Dylan Strom might end up being a free agent. Might not need to trade anything for him. We'll have to wait and see. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Keep them coming. Um... Man, we're getting a wide. Uh, Bob, everything we needed to know about the Sardines in the playoffs was provided to us by Brad Marchand, Jersey Jabs. Hmm. Bob, they are both Hall of Famers, says this texter, but uh, not sure either of them would have been on my team. No grit. Oh, come on. They were pretty good players. <laughs> they were good players. Sometimes you have to take a little bit of crap, play through a little bit of crap to be a good player. I don't think. I didn't see them get dissuaded as their careers went on. But that's – and you can make an argument Vancouver would have won more. It's just there was L.A. and Chicago around during those years, and those teams combined to win five Stanley Cups. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Colin Choke is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. He was interim. He's now the full head coach. We'll hear from him when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon –